You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome back to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Tanner Smith. I am your host today, joined by my friends here, Greg Poor. Greg, say hey. What's Hi. up? Greg, what's your title on staff officially? Uh, associate pastor. Associate pastor. And then I'm also joined by Chris Alston, who's our 528 pastor. Hi, Tanner. This is a, the, maybe the third time we've got to do this together. Hey, I'm grateful. I know. It's amazing. It's been fun. So today we're going to dive into the book of James, chapter 5, 13 through 18. Um, I'd like to read that. Chris, do you have it open? I do. Would you mind just reading chapter 5, 13 through 18 for us? All right. Here we go. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Mm. Okay, so a passage mostly about prayer. So today we're going to kind of dive into that, take a closer look at this passage. Now, both of you guys have written sermons, uh, worked off of a similar starting point with this sermon. You're working off of this text, but what we're doing in this podcast is not just talking about the sermon. We're talking about this text in a little more detail than you even have the opportunity to do in a sermon. So I want to just start off though, just to get us going. What's the main idea of this text? So I'm sitting, listening to your sermon. What do you want me walking out, uh, out of the doors of our church, out of our campuses? Having known. Go ahead. Rock, paper, scissors. Real faith praise and real faith praise all times. Yeah. Yeah. I think the takeaway is we should pray. Yep. I mean, people in real faith pray all the time. I mean, I think he starts off, James starts off with, here's all these different situations. Pray, 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 pray. It's like, we should pray. Yeah. You know. Um, Why is that important for us to hear? Is there a, for us, is there a deficiency of prayer in our lives? I don't know if I, I'll I'll start. I don't I don't know if anyone will say they ever pray enough, right? Yeah. I mean that's one of those things right. when you look at the life of a believer and somebody's like, "Man, how are you doing in this area?" You're going, "I could probably do better," yeah. right? And so I think prayer is one of those. I think though, the call is because our tendency isn't to let that be our first response. Yeah. And so, I think when you know things are going rough, our first response obviously isn't just to, to pray. Right. I think James recognized that, and that's for why he's challenged us to do it. So what is our first response then? I think we've got other responses, yeah. right? We're going to fix it, or we're going to be worried and anxious over it, or we're going to respond in some other way first mm. before we pray, as well as when things are going well. You know, our first tendency isn't to, to praise God either. It's like, man, look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. Yeah. You know, and so I think he's just reminding us, like, let, let this be your first response, not... yeah. A last resort. Well, why do you think, like, Greg, why do you think that is for us, that that's not our first response? Well, I think, first of all, James is just exhorting us to pray. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if he has some specific issue in mind. I, I think of all kinds. I, I think everything he says is true. I think that uh, 
there are a bunch of reasons why we don't pray. Yeah. Uh, we don't think we're, we know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, which There's... is one thing I love about this text is James is like, dude, pray. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just, just do it. Um, or we think, I do think that one big thing is people misunderstand prayer. They think mm. prayer is like a means to control. Right. It's like, God, I'm going to be on the throne and you do what I want you to do because I'm asking you to do it. And then when it doesn't work, we're like, well, prayer doesn't work. It just yeah. says we don't. Mm. So we don't really understand what prayer is and what it, what happens in that. Yeah. So um, I think that's one of the reasons he puts some of the illustrations mm. in there he does. Yeah. But it's uh, it just, I think we just have a lot to learn. And like I said, everybody would say, oh, I don't pray enough. Yeah. Right. But this is like, it's not trying to beat you down. It's like, just just do it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Pray. Well, I'm excited to dive into yeah. it today because I think it's good to take, not necessarily take some of the mystery, but explore some of that mystery today. Yeah. It'd be yeah. really good for us to, yeah. for us and for those that are listening to dive into that conversation. So yeah. let's start off just kind of taking a look theologically at this text. So we always try to look at a passage through the lens of biblical theology. That way it's not just standing on its own, not some isolated passage randomly out there in a, in a Bible vortex. Like this was within the context of the book of James, within the context of the New Testament, within the context of the scriptures as a whole. How does it fit into the big picture of God's redemptive plan for mankind? Well, I think that uh, in this particular piece of this text, mm-hmm. um, I think that that is in the, like assumed in there. It's like, because okay. the whole premise of praying is uh, what we understand about God and who he is and what he's done for us mm-hmm. in Christ this is why we would pray. Yeah. And so I think prayer, you know, all the things you said is the biblical theology of prayer is like, is because of who God is and what he's done for us. Right. And, that, and then we're his children. And so we go to him all the time. And mm. um, I think you have to, that's James premise yeah. of what he says. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about with some of the reasons we don't pray. One of the ones that Greg did mention in the bit I think is true for us, too, is like a lot of us don't pray because we feel guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I don't even think God wants to listen to me. I don't think I have, I'm worthy yeah. to go talk to God. And so, therefore, I guess I got to figure this out on my own or I got to deal with this on my own. Mm-hmm. And yet the big picture of the story is like, no, you're loved by God. Yes. You're, you're his beloved children. You're not living any longer with this guilt and shame over you. So you do have a father that you can go and approach. Yeah. And so I think we're seeing that, no, our, our new identity in Christ is those who've been redeemed by Jesus. Yeah. Shows up in the storyline here to say, no. And because of that, now you can approach God with great confidence. Yeah. Um, and not just feel like you're not worthy to do it. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if you just read through the, if you remember all the stuff we've just spent the last four <laughs> chapters looking yeah, at, right. look at all the things James addresses mm-hmm. with people, you know, all the struggles with sin and the tongue and fighting with each other and all this stuff showing favoritism. It's like, it's like, pray. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's not because your prayer isn't about the worthiness of the prayer. Mm-hmm. It's about the grace of the God we pray to, mm-hmm. you know, it's about how wondrous and loving God is. So. Don't, we don't disqualify ourselves, but I think, like Chris, I think we think we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. So the invitation kind of throughout the scriptures then is, is for humanity to interact with the God who created sure. humanity and who ultimately has redeemed humanity. Yeah. And we do that through prayer. Like, so working definition of prayer, yeah. you know, because a lot of people might say like, oh, it's talking to God. And mm-hmm. that's for sure a part of it. Yeah. But what, what's maybe like a, a little bit more holistic working definition of prayer? 
I'm just going to requote what James already talked about in James four. He's like, draw, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Right. Yeah. So I think that's prayer. Like you're drawing near to God and knowing that in that you're developing that closer relationship with him. Yeah. It's a sign of dependence. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think it's, it's uh prayer really is a continual declaration of our utter dependence on God mm-hmm. that we, we aren't in control. We're vulnerable, fragile, you know, Creatures who really aren't in control of much of anything. Yeah. And we we go to the God who, one, we know is in control. And two, we know he loves us. He died mm-hmm. for us. He came to such as party promises us eternity. And, yeah. you know, and so uh, we just go to him. It's like, we can't do this. We know you can mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. Yeah, for sure. That's good. That's so good. I, I uh, told my son the other day, prayer is being with God. It's just yeah. the, the act of being with him. God is always around us. Mm-hmm. He's always near us. But prayer is this, just exactly what you guys said, this act of drawing near to yeah. being yeah. in his presence and listening. And we and typically think it's about us talking. Yeah. But there's also the listening side yeah. of being near God and drawing near to God. It's like yeah. just being in his presence so that you can can listen, right. you know, as well. Well, then there's this whole aspect of us thinking of it's some sort of just only personal individual practice. Yeah. But yeah. what James is bringing out in this text is what? It's not just individual. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What is it? Well, I think, you know, uh, to go on what you just said a minute ago, there's there's this whole presumption again in this part of James. Like, first of all, we're all a bunch of sinners. Yeah. Yep. And listen, I know you sin, and I know you sin, and you know I sin, and God knows we all sin. Yeah. And so when we gather as the body of Christ, like, who are we trying to kid? Mm-hmm. Right? And so why would we not? Go to God together and say, Lord, we all, we need your help. I need yeah. you to pray for me. You need me to pray for you. It's kind of like, this is what the church does. Yeah. I mean, because there really are, we might think we're keeping secrets, but we're not. Yeah. You know. So even some of those delineations that we kind of create in terms of, <clears throat> well, that person's more spiritually mature than I am, or, oh, that person's, at least I'm not a sinner like that person no. or whatever. You're saying even some of that stuff. It's just lowered. When we all come to come to God in prayer, we come to God as his children. Yeah, and it goes like Chris said a minute ago. And so that's why it's like, oh, well, James says call the elders. Those are the guys that should pray. The pastors right. pray. Oh, it's like, no, dude, that's just an illustration. Yeah. It's like get some people who love Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, to pray with you. Yeah. It's That's all he's saying. Yeah. And so because that's we need that. Right. You know, we need that for each other. Yeah. Okay, so maybe the most obvious doc- doctrine in this, uh, if we're going to look at this te- text yep. systematic theologically, maybe the most obvious is just the doctrine of prayer, which we're going to spend a great deal yep. of time talking about. But maybe what are some other, uh, maybe smaller or uh, other doctrines that we might even miss out on reading through this passage? I mean, obviously there's some there's some questions in here about healing. Yeah. So, you know, the doctrine of healing, or maybe even who has the gift of healing, and is right. there a gift of healing? And yeah. Where does that fit into the church age and mm-hmm. the way people like to try to talk about all that? So yeah. there's some things that we're probably not going to spend a lot of time there, but it's it's in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Like, yeah. is there, is, what's the connection between our, our spiritual health and our physical health? Right. Yep. You know. Uh, and that's good. Yeah. Forgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. just prayer. We pray for each other and there's yeah. forgiveness. Like, so there's there's a whole lot of theology bound up in a yeah. couple no, of that's little right. things that's right. in there. All right. So I want to I want to kind of follow down both those trails separately. We're, we're going to start. <laughs> With the first, I'm going to answer his question. He can answer my question. Oh, I like that. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting tied up here. Your question, what was it that you said again? Uh, 
Mine was where where does healing play into the big scheme of things? Yeah. Okay. So gifts of healing. Is there? Do people have the yeah. gifts of healing? Is that a, is that a gift that exists today? If it isn't, then the, does that mean that healing doesn't happen? Does healing happen? Does God want us to pray for healing? Greg, you're on. <laughs> well, I, there's people that Easy stuff. believe That's why I threw it to Greg. Yeah, there's a lot Greg. of people love Jesus Smooth. that think yes. people have the gift of healing, and yeah. there's a lot of people love Jesus that don't think that happens anymore. Yeah. Regardless, God heals people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know people that God has healed. Yeah. Well, I have a friend right now. He said, you're full of cancer. You're, you're, your days are numbered. And now he's like, hey, I'm clean. Mm. And everybody who knows him has been praying for him wow. for the last is like, Praise yeah, God. we know what happened there. God heals people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there is healing. Yeah. I think where it gets difficult is when we start trying to connect dots because we're, we don't have the God's perspective about yeah. it. And so we say, well, it's because right. of this or it's mm-hmm. because of that. It's like, dude, we can't do that. Yeah, we can't do that. And so we get... We do harm to one yeah. another when we say, well, that happened because. Right. Because yeah. right? we're just not in a position to know that. So let's go down that, which is the, uh, the second thing we talked yeah. about, which is does sin cause sickness and suffering in our lives? Like it, so a little more context. James here is talking a lot about suffering. He's mm-hmm. talking about if, when you're sick. But he also talks about sin almost kind of in the same mm-hmm. conversation. So yep. is, our, is our sickness, like we're, we're talking about having a little bit of a cough or a cold or things like that. Yep. Is that stuff because we sin, because yep. we messed up? What's that like? Sometimes. And you can pass this on. This, <laughs> Some, is, the one, this is where you say, Chris? <laughs> yeah, no, some, that's, yeah. that's right. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes, I mean, it's pretty clear to see. Sometimes our unhealthy, sinful behaviors can yeah. result in in sickness. Mm. You know, I mean, that's that's just an obvious thing that can happen. Right. But obviously, you see throughout texts of scripture, there's times where, you know, people are sick and they thought, "Man, did I do something wrong?" And right. it's like, "Well, no, it's, this has nothing to do with somebody's sin that caused this illness." Yeah, you know, and so it's a both end. Because yeah. the root of that, if if yeah. we if we're thinking like, "Oh, did this come upon me because of something I did?" Yeah. Essentially, we're saying like, "Well, God's waiting for me to screw up so that He can strike right, me with judgment right. or something like that." Yeah. I think that's we a lot could of times think that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Bible. I mean, we know that there's death because there's sin. Yeah, and so there is a there is a relationship between mm. those two things. Right. And, yep. and sickness is just a like you know, it's just a faint reflection of death. Right. Mm. It's like this is not to be in God's creation. Yeah. Mm. And so it's here because of sin. So we know that that relationship exists. And so, and you know, like Chris said, I mean, just because the world's broken, people right. get sick, it's not necessarily their responsibility. And yeah. Jesus said that a couple of different times that, hey, did that happen because they sinned? No, they, yeah. that, that wasn't because they sinned. So the Bible kind of says, yeah, there is a relationship there. Right. But we, again, we can't, we don't get to read all through all that and yeah. be able to say, yeah, this, this one was because of this and this because of that. Don't know. But we can say all of those in a lot of ways are interconnected. So we talk about sickness and suffering and sin. Those all exist because the world is broken, because right. centered, yep. sin entered the world in the first place. Yep. And we yep. live in a fallen world. Those things exist. So what James is saying and what you guys are saying is yep. our response to those things always should be to pray. Yeah. Yep. The other piece of this, though, and I think this is what Chris was saying, is like there is a part of that. Like, I know what. I know what I've been doing. Yeah. And there's a lot of times we have pain, discomfort. We have all kinds of problems. And I I know mm. that it's because of what I'm doing. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So I don't have to, let me not judge everybody else. Let me go look in the mirror. Yeah. 
And I think that's why James says, confess your sins to one another mm. that you may be healed. Yeah. Like, that's the fastest way to get, help get rid of that stuff from your life. You yeah. Know? And I think it's also why he says, you know, call in some of your spiritual leaders right. that, you know, are walking with Jesus, that are mature in their faith, because they might actually help you discern as well areas yeah. where you don't even know why you're going through some of the struggles. And they can go, well... Let me point out some things that will help you understand why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. So, so confession is not super popular today. <laughs> <laughs> not super popular in our time, Has in our ever culture. Been? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I know from from my experience, it's not something that we, we practice a lot. Right. Why, why is that? And why is James calling us to do it? Yeah. I think we constantly will live with the need to protect our image. Mm. Even though Greg already says, like, we already know we're all yeah. junked up, you know, but we still somehow seem to think that we have to protect our image. Right. So I think that's one. I think the other one is potentially maybe we've been hurt in the past when we have tried to be mm. honest about our stuff. Yeah. Maybe somebody used that against us. Maybe somebody took a confidence and used it to hurt us. And so yeah. we might actually have tried to live in a culture of confession in the past and it came back to bite us because it was handled in an unhealthy way. Yeah. And so maybe now we just kind of locked down and like, okay, then I'm never going to share anything right. about my life with anybody ever again. Yeah. You know, so it could go both ways. We could be trying to protect ourselves just from our own false belief that nobody will know if I don't say anything, right. even though we yeah. all know. Or I've been hurt in the past. Yeah. Good. Why should we strive then for confession? Like if, if some of the, if people have had those very real experiences, yeah. then why is it worth it to still chase down a life of confession? Well, I do think that, you know, Scripture tells us to walk in the light. Yeah. So we need our brothers and sisters, people who love us, people that we we learn to trust because we do have to learn to trust people. Yeah. And I do think people have had some horrible experiences. Yeah. Um, but I also think we don't confess because... You know, there's the whole pride shame thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so, uh, so I think, but the process of of acknowledging what's going on is is healing. Yeah, it's freeing, yeah. and it's like I always tell people, it's like there there is no grace where there's no sin. Yeah, you know, you can't know God's forgiveness if you can't if you can't if you've never done anything wrong. Yeah, and so when you can acknowledge that, um, not only is that good for your soul, but it's good for everybody that hears you. Yeah. So know what? He's no, we're all, it's like mm -hmm. we're saying, we all really know it, but now it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And so there, it's, it's freeing for me, it's freeing for them, and it's healing. Right. And well, so, and realistically, the, the psychological effects of guilt and shame take place, I mean, they take a toll on you mentally, yeah. and, but even physically in a lot of ways. A lot of people have stories oh, yeah. of, of just being ill all the time, and a lot of it is they're just yeah. carrying burdens. Yeah, and even worse, I think if you really are that puckered up about that, it's like, to me, it's like, man, there's something about the gospel you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. There's something about who Jesus is and what he's done that hasn't quite reached in there yet. Right. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't have to walk like that, yeah. you know? And so... I think that's the power of confession, right? Because if you do confess in a healthy environment... Yeah. A couple things should probably happen, right? You should be offered this amazing grace. Yeah. Because somebody that's receiving that is probably going to go... 
I'm no different than you. Like yeah. I, I'm a sinner too. I've struggled the same, but by God's grace, he loves us. But then yeah. the second part of that is like, if it's a healthy individual, they're still going to gospel you. Yeah. Like they're going to remind you who you are in Christ. They're going to remind you to repent, to move yeah. forward into godliness. So that's the beauty of confession is one, you get to be offered grace, but hopefully some gospel truth yeah. to help you move forward in some of the healthy direction that maybe you hadn't been walking in in the past. Yeah. You know? So this, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I always tell people when we're talking about stuff like this, like when someone tells you the truth, yeah, I mean, that truth mm-hmm. is, is either a precious opportunity to love them mm-hmm. yeah. or you can use it as a weapon against them. Mm, that's good. And what you do in that moment is going to have a huge impact on that person's yeah. life. Maybe like safe and even their relationship with God. Right I on. mean, we bear a great responsibility for one another yeah. in that regard. And so it's not a, it's, it's no light thing. Yeah. You know, when he says confess, there is a lot, there's a lot of responsibility bound up in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he, he brings confession into this conversation in the same breath as prayer, <clears throat> but he's not talking about necessarily confessing to God, although it's a part of it. He's actually talking about confessing to people. So it, why are those things interconnected? Is that yeah. because um, confession in the context of a healthy community should look a lot like prayer in the context of a healthy community. Let's talk a little bit about why community matters in the context of both of those things, confession and prayer. Yeah. I mean, prayer, we know like we have direct access to the father yet. He also calls us into biblical community where it's like, man, we, we live out all these things in community. And so prayer is part of just the spiritual discipline of Mm -hmm. talking with God. It's also talking with others. Yeah about talking, you know, you're talking to God with other people. Right, yeah. And so, I mean, I think there's just, again, we need each other. That's mm-hmm. what biblical community looks like. Confession's a part of that. Yeah. One to encourage, one to, you know, give direction. Yeah. So. That's helpful. Yeah, I think James just uh, riding into the biblical, you know, perspective that God called people to himself. Right. You know, not just me. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's much of following Christ that I really can't do by myself yeah. if I'm going to do it the way the Bible describes yeah. it. So I need you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't see the speck in my own eye, right? I need your help with that. I, yeah. And I need you to point out the speck in my I mean, we, and so we, again, we confess sin, we tell the truth, we, we, we sing praises together, we rejoice with each other, all those things, yeah. just because that's, that's the body, right. being the body. I mean, yeah. that's who we are in essence. Yeah. Well, and it's a way that we grow closer to one another, but it's also a way that we grow deeper. Did you end up using the, the Tyler Staten quote in your sermon? Yes, was, I am using it. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, I just think that's fascinating. We, yeah. we think oftentimes of confession and maybe even prayer in a lot of ways yeah. as something that we need to do less, less of. Yeah. As the we more, spiritually more spiritually mature, mature. we get, we think yeah. we probably confess less. Right. And yet... What he his quote is is that no, the more spiritually mature you are, then it's going to reveal more and more of your own sinfulness, right. because you're looking in greater perspective of who God's greatness is, yeah. and therefore we ought to be confessing more as healthy, yeah. mature followers of Jesus. So the closer relationship we have with Christ, the yeah. more He's revealing that to us. Also, similarly, the closer relationship we have to one another, mm-hmm. praying with one another, confessing to one another, the more we have that we can see in each other. Yeah, so. That's good. Okay, so that did make it into your sermon. Yeah. W- what was some stuff that maybe didn't, but could have? Stuff that's in this passage, you're like, man, I could have spent a whole other 30 minutes talking about this, but I didn't. Well, Is- I, I mean, 
you could spend a whole bunch of time talking about prayer and healing and yeah. mm-hmm. why do they anoint people with oil. Yeah. And so, and I, I tried to just to touch on that. Mm-hmm. But really, what what I try to do is like I want to I want to talk about that because here, but I don't want that stuff really distract you from. I think James's point is mm-hmm. this is just exhorting us to pray. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. we need to touch on that. We need to address it. But like, here's the the main thing is let's pray. But it makes you want to, you know, put some stuff together. It's like yeah. look, here's here's all the places the Bible talks about the interconnection between physical and spiritual, and mm-hmm. you know, and all those kinds of things and you just don't. You just don't have the bandwidth to do yeah. that in a message. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is partially the the, the motivation yeah. behind this podcast. So yeah. let's just dive into that stuff a little bit. Yeah. So, what's the deal with oil? Why does he say anoint with oil? Why is that? Uh, is that a mandate? Do we always need to do that when we pray? Like, if I if I just ask you, hey, would you pray for me? Right. You're like, well, I don't have any oil, so we're gonna have to. I appreciate it. Yeah, Garden or something. For sure. Greg and I were talking about this earlier. Like, a lot of times we read something like that and we we see it as a a rule or a mandate that, okay, I guess I have to call the elders and I have to anoint with oil. And so I thought that was helpful in Greg and I's conversation just walking over to the podcast. It's like, you know, those those are some things that are there, but they're not rules. Right. Right. And so, yeah. Well, uh, this again, that's another reason why you started off with the context matters. Yeah. Read the, all of the times that the rest of the New Testament talks about prayer, and there's one other mention of oil. Where is it, by the way? The other mention of oil? Yeah. It's in one of the Gospels. Yeah, I think maybe. it is. Yeah, I don't know, know the exact context. <laughs> Who, who's, I forget. Who's even anointing? I'm going to do some research while you're talking. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. But all, all, my only point is, obviously, it's not something that's like, oh, you can't pray if you don't have oil. Honestly. Yeah. So, but in 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 that time, time so there's a couple lines of thinking people saw oil as medicinal and so yeah. there's an aspect to that where it was that way but most of the time it seems like that oil was a part of the ceremonies where people were consecrated they would mm-hmm. anoint them with oil yeah. they would set them apart and so um i think the picture is kind of like it when you anoint someone with oil it's really kind of cool when you mm-hmm. think about it because like we're we're setting this person apart they, they yeah. matter yeah. What's going on with them is serious, and so we're sending them apart as a special need of God's care. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And so it makes it, it adds some some weight to that mm-hmm. moment, you know, and so nothing magic in the oil. Right, it's yeah. symbolic of, you know, this matters. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I've done that with people before, and we yeah. all have, and it's like, it's kind of cool. And now I'm like, oh, that really is cool. Yeah. yeah. But Again, if I show up and I don't have any oil, does that mean I can't pray? Well, no. Somebody give me some olives. I need yeah, to wring them out right. real fast. <laughs> yeah, I'll put some, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, put you... some Diet Dr. Pepper on your head. <laughs> right, I mean, right. He's got vegetable oil in the kitchen. You have something? Yeah. Uh, the other spot, it looks like, was in Mark chapter 6, just talking about casting out demons and anointing anointing sick people with oil yeah. and healing them. This was something that the disciples were participating well, in. Well, but again, what I think Greg mentioned, too, is like there's a lot of other places healings mentioned yeah. And oil's not. So yeah. it doesn't, it's not required right. for healing to take place, obviously. But it is this kind of beautiful representation yeah. Yeah. of consecration. Uh, the people of Israel would do that Yeah, with in their the Old kings. Testament, you see it all yeah. the time. They'd pour oil yeah. over their head as a sign that, yeah. like, God set this person apart for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So does it, okay, then let's, let's follow this thread uh, down a different way. So if it doesn't, oil is a great option because it's a representation of the Holy yeah. Spirit and of consecration in the scriptures. What about elders? What What is this mention of elders? Does that mean, so we have like 
elders of our church, right? We have yep. campus elders and we have lay elders and staff elders. Does that mean that it's got to be one of those people? If I'm sick yep. or if I'm hurting, I need to call for one of them to come. Yeah, I, I would read it as it's a representation of spiritually mature. Yeah. You know, who are the spiritually mature leaders in your midst and in your context? I mean, it could be your, I mean, you might be in a place where you can call on your pastors or your local elders. Yeah. But also, I mean, you might call on some of your other staff members or some of your small group leaders or just spiritually mature men and women that know you, that you want to come alongside you during that season. So that's how I would look at it. Yeah. So the the Greek word there is not like the same as necessarily like a pastor or bishop or something. It's just somebody who's mature in the faith, who's older. Well, no, again, I would say the the word used there is focused on kind of the office yeah but yet we would also i think you could extend that out to say because this isn't a rule okay gotcha. like you have to have yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. paid staff pastors come yeah. visit i mean so again it's just this is the people in that day and age that gotcha. were probably most accessible to them yeah and in our context there's there's other spiritual leaders that yes. we can call upon yeah especially in our yep. church it feels like yep. there are so many people who yeah. are spiritually mature yep. walking with jesus good examples i think so you know, elders are, are people that, you know, have, that are known as mature followers of Jesus among yeah. the people of the church. They've been set apart. God is, will hold the elders accountable mm-hmm. to lead the people in faithfulness to him, you know, in growing in their relationship with him. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. So, the, I mean, if you're sick, why wouldn't you have yeah. one of those guys yeah. come and pray right. for you, right? It's like, sense. this is a good thing, but he's, but he's not like, you can only do this. He's yeah. just, again, he's just giving an example. Call Call somebody who's got some spiritual snap, you know, who yeah. cares, mm-hmm. who yeah. you know loves Jesus, who know gets the gospel, who, and and let them come pray with yeah. you. Yeah. Because there is a discerning type of prayer that's kind of being asked for. Like, yeah. man, like I want somebody that knows my that can understand my situation sure. and give me some counsel and wisdom and pray according to God's will and God's yeah. faith. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when it comes to things that got left out of this message. And I don't know necessarily to what degree you guys address this, but I've called for the elders. I've been anointed with oil. We're praying together. I, I didn't get a healing. Yeah. Like I didn't, or my suffering is not like I'm still going through suffering. Um, or I've confessed my sin and I've, maybe I'm still in some ways dealing with shame, like guilt, like what, where do I go? What do I do from there? Yeah. Well, and the reason we even have to answer that is because there's a lot of false teachings and false beliefs around that, right? It's like yeah. one of them would be like, we think, okay, maybe I didn't have enough faith, therefore mm-hmm. I'm not healed. Or maybe the people that were supposed to be praying for me didn't have enough faith. So again, we have to address that false belief. Like that's, right. that's not, it's not based on that, right? Yeah. And so I think there's some other things that we have to get some consideration to because we asked that question because we assumed. Yeah that I should be healed because of this. That's why Greg said earlier. It's not because, because, because. Right, yeah. You know. That's what I mean by it's like prayer isn't control. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? And so all those things presume that there's some lever in there. If I just get it right, then I'm in, now in control. Yeah. It really is like, no, do I do I believe that God is who he says he is and mm-hmm. what he's done? Mm-hmm. So um, just because he doesn't give me what I asked for doesn't mean those things aren't true. Yeah. I mean, we've all prayed for things mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I still have things that I'm heartbroken over. Yeah. You know, I still don't like it. Yeah. God, because God didn't do what was obvious to me. This would have been the right thing to do in right. that moment. Yeah. But I don't, 
I don't know. I don't. Does that mean? Well, I guess you just throw them out. You know, yeah. Well, of course not. Yeah. He knows. It means. It means we ask mm. and we ask and we keep asking because we know yeah. He loves us and we know He's there and we know He's got the best for us and we know He died for us. Right. We just keep asking yep. and trust that He's going to do what He says He's going to do. Yeah. And so, it sounds like it's kind of unsatisfying when you just say it that way, <laughs> and yet. I think that what, what changes in that is you. Yeah. yeah. It's like God works in you. Mm. So you have a different perspective. Right. So you learn, you know, it gives some context for, yeah, this world is a broken place. Yeah. And God is redeeming his right. world. I mean, it's the big picture, right? So we're part of that, but he's not done yet. And we don't know everything, but we still trust and we still mm. see yeah. and we still pour hearts out because we know he hears and we know he cares. Interesting, when we do view prayer not as is intended to be, which is relationship, but we view it as magic, you know, as if I dial up this and get all right. this right, then this will happen. That's essentially what, I mean, we use the word magic. In medieval times, that's literally what that was. Yeah. Well, if I put a little of this in the, in the make the soup and stir it up, yeah. like this is your magic healing potion, <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And But even, even going back to biblical times, yeah. that's what idolatry was. Idolatry yeah. was, mm-hmm. well, if we cut our wrists enough and worship this false God, then like the rain will fall on our land or we'll yeah. have babies or whatever it'll be. I didn't put this in my talk because I just still have the bandwidth. There's a great text in Ezekiel where the elders of Israel go and they want the prophet to inquire of God. And God says, why should I talk to those guys? Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't care about me. They just want me to do what they want them to do. Pfft. Tell them to get lost. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, because it's like it's idolatry, mm-hmm. and so that's always that that picture is always stuck in my head. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Lord, let me, you know. But but that's what happens if we think if our prayers are going to manipulate God into doing Him what we want to do. That's that's just not what mm. prayer is. Yeah. Well, to wrap things up, because we always like to end with application, yeah. but this is a hyper. Applicable practical text. Sure. Basically, the answer is go pray. So right, right. <laughs> instead of spending some time on that, because that's the majority kind of the sermon, which is I think is fantastic. <laughs> um, let's let's finish with just kind of more personal. So as you're sitting down prepping a sermon like this, spirits moving in your own heart and saying, "Hey, Greg, here's how I want you specifically to apply this," mm-hmm. or "Hey, Chris, this is how you can grow in this or practice this more." What does yeah. that look like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, again. I think I'd be one of the first ones to say like, Hey, are you praying enough? No, I'm not. I'm not. That's not my first response always. So again, I think it's really trying to get back into letting my most natural response be to all situations in life to let my first response be an act of prayer, you know, or an act of praise. And so part of the discipline of that though, is like, have I, have I hidden God's word in my heart in some way so that praise comes out of my mouth naturally. Mm. So, I mean, the songs we sing, the, the Psalms of scripture is, are those things that I just naturally flow out of me when things are great, you know, or even lament when things are hard. Do I go to the scriptures and see how there's times where it's okay to sing Psalms of lament, you know, and sadness and ask questions. And so that's a challenge for me. You know, what am I, how am I preparing myself now for those seasons mm-hmm. um, to be able to respond first with prayer and then specifically with songs from scripture and yeah. words of promises that God's already given me. Yeah. So, cause we're always in yeah. one of those seasons, yeah. like life exists for sure. in the highest. Well, and that's and the individual lowest. side of it. And obviously the, the corporate side of it is like, man, am I living out a life of confession? Am I, am I quick to confess my sins? Am I, 
the kind of person that people can trust because I'm mm-hmm. transparent. Am I the kind of person that people will trust to confess yeah. their sins to me? And do I re- do I receive them well? And do yeah. I do I offer grace? Do I gospel well mm. in those situations? So, yeah, I'd love to see us have a just a culture of confession yeah. where it's like so normal that you know when we're talking to each other that just flows out of us and we yeah. you know shepherd each other really well through those seasons. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think a beautiful picture of this yeah. text lived out would be if, oh, yeah. the, if most of the most of the people most of the time when they say, yeah. "Man, I'm sick" or "Man, I'm suffering," it's like, "Well, let me pray for yeah. you." And if it was, "Man, I've just got some stuff going on," instead of like, "Oh man, sorry to hear yeah. that," it's like, "Well, tell me what, tell me right. what's going on, tell me the things that you're sin." Yeah, like you don't want to be shocked when with. somebody all of a sudden is really transparent with you. You're like, yeah. "Oh, that's just part of who we are and what we do." Right. Yeah. And so, praying that that becomes more and more of our culture. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Greg? Oh, it's funny because whenever I write a sermon, I'm always super convicted. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. To stand up here like, right. and talk to these people, you know, I? I, I need more help than they do. Yeah, but I, I think uh, a couple things. Just the way my brain works, sometimes I, I'm guilty of thinking that this needs to be more formal than it needs to be. Mm. And James is like, hey, just yeah. as whatever happens, happens. Pray. Yeah. Just pray. It's valid. You know. Take 30 seconds, say, yeah. thank you, Lord. I'm having a great day. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. The sun came up. Thank you. I caught a fish. Thank you. My grandkids came over. Thank you. I got, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just, or Lord, you know, I'm scared. Yeah. Or I'm worried about that. Or, and so that's part of it. And then the other thing for me is I'm just not, I'm really not the most verbal person in the world. <laughs> and so uh, I have to make myself speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I feel that I feel convicted that you know, the Lord is worthy of me doing a little work mm. that I would speak more. Um, not not when people are around where I'm supposed to speak, but just yeah. just and through the normal routine of my life. Yeah, that's say, good. Say something, you know, because it's yeah. always in there. It just that yeah. a lot of times come out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Thanks oh, for your yeah. honesty in that. For thank you for the way that you lead and teach and serve humbly uh, and with character. I'm grateful for both of you. Honor you and I'm thankful for you being on the podcast today. Thanks, it's been Tanner. a good conversation. I hope each and every one of us can, can grow through these sermons and grow through this text to be people of prayer and a people of confession in whatever season we're in. That's right. So thanks for joining me. Thanks. Tim. Thank you. Appreciate we'll catch it. you next time on All the right. Clear Creek Resources podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. And as always, share with a friend. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.